Today's daf is daf Tezayin. We are holding uh, in the last on the last line on Tevav Amid Beis, uh, where the Gemara begins. So we mentioned yesterday in the Mishnah that the Ran again learns this both, apply, both applies by Hafara and Hakama that if a person hears what he believes to be the neder of his wife and he's either Mefir or Mekayim and he finds out, finds out that it's his daughter or the other way around, he thinks that it's the neder of his daughter and he's Mefir or Mekayim and then he subsequently finds out it's the neder of his wife both the Hakama and the Afara are invalid and in fact only at the point of where he finds out the correct uh, uh, situation from that point in on is where the clock starts ticking for a new hafara or for a new hakama. That was the, uh, the, 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 the ruling, the first ruling in the Mishnah. So the Mora points out, Lememra, that this means to say, this seems to be telling us that the Pasuk that says, Yani Oso, this is the Pasuk that says that, uh, we'll just, we'll quote it in the, uh, in the Torah or Shalem. Let's see, we have it over here. Um, or do we have it? We don't even have it here. But the Pasuk says that, uh, that on the day that the father hears, Yani Osa, that if he restrains her, he restrains her from keeping the nether. So, that is considered to be a hafara. So it says, Yani Oso. Now the way the Ron explains it is that the word Oso is somewhat redundant. Could it say Yani, Yani, Yani Doesn't have to say Yani Oso. So the, the Gemara's understanding is that because it says Yani Oso means the Hafara only works when it's specifically and with clear intent for the person that made the nether. But if the afara was, if the, if the, uh, afara was made without clarity as to who the exact person was, in fact you thought it was someone else, then it would not be binding. That's what Lechora, uh, the understanding of the Tan of our Mishnah is. Where does the Tan of Mishnah understand that the afara made for a daughter doesn't work if you thought it was the wife? Or, from the word osa, yani osa. Kiheni avia osa, right? Now the Ran has a, a number of lines trying to explain that it shows you what the understanding for the Hafara would be. It doesn't say the word Osa associated with the Hakama. And uh, he, he brings down, that could be the Pesach over there was, it says, Kehichrish La. The, the extra word La, Kehichrish. Why does it have Kehichrish La? So La works like Osa. And the Hichrish over there, he kept quiet and let it go. That's the, it's considered to be a, t- uh, a tacit Hakama. And therefore, both of them have that word, either law or osa, which means it has to be specifically the action or the activity that has to be clear, with clarity as to the individual involved. <coughs> Excuse me. The individual involved. Now, the Gemara is going to ask the following question. In order to understand this, let's just give a little bit of a uh, backdrop here. Pazik tells us that when David Amelech found out about the uh, loss of life of uh, Shaul, King Shaul and his son Yainusin, it says, Vayisbedu, and they, uh, and, and they, uh, eulogized, Vayifku, and they cried, Vayatsumu, and they fasted, Ada Arab till the evening, 
al Shaul v'al Yehonas and Beno, right? V'al al Hashem al Beis Yisrael kinot l'bechorev, and also for the uh, many people that died that day. Now, the 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 pasuk over there uh, all references that they tore their clothing. That they tore their clothes, they did kriya, which is the halacha that if a person hears about certain individuals, you have to do kriya. Now the the Gemara, I believe it's in Moed Cotton, learns out that you have to have a separate kriya for each individual. You can't do kriya one time to take care of two deaths that happen. Where do we learn it out from? Because it says by David and it's by, 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 by Shoal and by Yenison, it says that what they did was for Al Shoal, it doesn't say for Al Shoal the Yenison. It says Al Shoal for Al Yenison. Each one is given its own focus. Al Shoal for Al Yenison Benoy. Now, what the Gemara's question is as follows. The Gemara says over there, Lechora, if you hold like the town of our Mishnah, because it says Osa, Ki, Heini, Avia Osa, that we learn that when it's, that, that there has to be a focus, but the focus doesn't just tell me you need to have an individual, right? A forest. It can't be made for two individuals at one time. It doesn't tell me, just tell me that. It means you have to have complete clarity as to the person that it is being done for. Then the Chorah, the same type of limit should apply by Kriya too. The person doing Kriya. Because they, uh, he understood there was a, 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 it was a loss in the, in somebody that's close to or somebody of status that he needs to go ahead and do Kriya for. It would have to be Lechorah using the same type of logic where there's a focus on the individual. There is because the word Osa, here because the word Al, it means it has to be specific with complete clarity and focus on the individual that the activity is being done for. Right? That's Lechorah if it correlates. So the Gemara asks, but we see that it doesn't. So it says like this: Batani will enter a bride. So Amr They told him that his father died. Okay, so he's assuming that his father is dead. The Kara and he did kriya with his father in mind. The Achakach Nimtza Benoi. And then it comes out that he had made a mistake. We'll see if they made a mistake in telling him, or he made a mistake in his understanding. But it wasn't his father that had passed. It was his son. Yotza is Yotza, because at the end of the day, he did Kriya for a dead person. The fact that it wasn't his father, it was his son, his Yotza did Kriya. So the question over here, the one is asking, if where the Torah goes out and gives us a word to show that you need specific focus, right? Which means the activity has to be done specifically for this individual. Then why in the case of Kriya, all we learn out is that you have to have one Kriya per individual can't have one Kriya for multiple individuals. Why don't we learn out more? Why don't we learn out here? That the Kriya has to be done specifically with the correct individual in mind. Whereas in the case of Afara, that's what it teaches us over there. That if you throw it to the mother and it's the daughter, you throw it to the daughter and it's the mother, it doesn't work. <clears throat> so over there too. So why is it that if you made a mistake and thought it was the father and as being it was the son, that the Kriya was really for the son, it's that he did a Kriya and he did it for a dead person, it works. What's the difference? So Amri, the B'nai Yeshiva, answered like this. Lokash, it's not difficult. Let me say it outside, and then let me say it, and then we'll read it inside. There was the way the Ron explains it, and the Ron acknowledges that it's difficult to say in the words. But let's see what the Ron is going to say. The Ron is going to say it like this. 
is that what was the notification before the person did the Kriya? If he was notified that it is your father who died, well, it's Mefaresh, Mefaresh, they told me, it's your father who died, and they made the mistake, and actually it was the son, then the Kriya is going to have to be done again. That's like the case we have over here, where he, uh, they, they told him that it was your, your, that the daughter, he, uh, made the nether, and it's actually the, the, the wife that made the nether. That's, that would not work, because that's where it's, the, the, the person had in mind the specific individual that was notified to him, that was the individual, and was the wrong individual, it does not work. Where does the Brysa mean that if you did Kriya for one, it works for the other? Is that they didn't tell him specifically which one died. He drew his own conclusion. They told him, person in the family died. He said, ah, it must be the father, and he did Kriya, and it ended up being the son. There it works. Now, we'll see how he circle back and explain it and, and read it into the Gemara. But the, ter- the, the first Tzion over here says a beautiful Svara. The first Tzion says like this. He says that if he himself is drawing the conclusion, right? He heard that somebody died and he thought it's the father. Because it wasn't told to him specifically it was the father, in the back of his mind he knows it's his own conclusion and therefore it's possible that it was the son as well. It might have been someone else too. It doesn't have to be that individual. It might have been someone else. And since that possibility is still open, it could have been someone else. That's why the Kriya can work. Where they told him it was the father and they made a mistake, it really was the son, there there was no possibility left over in his mind and that's why the Kriya doesn't work. That's how the third story explains the difference now, how does it go back and explain in our Mishnah? So the case in our, and, and, and the contradiction to the, the case by Kriya. So the case in our Mishnah, where it says that the Afara was done, and it's incorrect because you thought it was the mother, and as the daughter, you thought it was the daughter, was the mother. That's where it's Mefaresh. means they told you specifically, this is the nether that was made. In such a case, it's like a case that's Mefaresh, you do it incorrectly, the activity is not connected to the, uh, to the individual because there's a lack of clarity as uh, there was actually not, there was the, the opposite. You actually thought it was somebody else. The case of the Kriya we're talking about it was Stam. That means that they left it open to your own conclusion, which leaves open in your mind that it could have been someone else, and that's why over there the Kriya can work, even though primarily you thought it was somebody else, but there is a chance it was, it was the, the, you thought it, they, you thought it was the father, but it could have been the son, there the Kriya can work. Now the, that, that's in, in Svara, that makes it broad, that, 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 you can make that Philip. One second, one second. What the difficulty is, is that in the reading of the actual Brysa, it comes out, you have to say, that it's Lav Davka. Because the Brysa reads, Amrulo Mace Aviv. They told him your father died. Now what we're saying, that case is, that it was a case of Stam. And the Ron acknowledges, it means that he thought they had told him his father died. They just told him that somebody in the family died. They didn't tell him a specifically the father. That's how you have to fetch over here to stick it in. The car of Aganim said, but no, Yotza. Why is it Yotza? Because they didn't actually tell him father. He drew the conclusion was father, which left open the opportunity it might have been someone else. And that's why it works in that case. But again, the difficulty is because the Bryce actually does say, Amulomais Ovid. That's the difficulty. But that's the difference between our Mishnah and the Bryce in the, by the case of Kriya. Yes, Adam, you had a question. So, in the case of 
the, the, the daughter or the wife or the daughter. If they say one of your family members made this nether and he had just assumed it was his wife. That, that, that would be apples to apples, yes. Then it would be the same as what we're saying by the case of Kriya. Then it would work. Okay. Right. okay. Now, so Amru Lo, and the Gemara brings down a bride, so the Hatanya. Hatanya is being brought as a, a support. The Messiah is being as a support. Right? Amru Lo, Mace Aviv, the Kara. They told him your father died and he did Bakaninsa was Bano, Lo Yatsu Yade Kriya. Amalo Mace Lo Mace. However, they just told him somebody in the family died, Kasava, and he drew the conclusion it was Aviv, uh Avivu, the current the Kriya, Bakaninsa is Bano, Yatsu Yade Kriya. So that this Bryce that clearly says the Chiluk that was that supports the Bnei Yeshiva's contention. Again, the only difficulty is, as the Ron points out, and as we're going to see, Rav Ashi himself gives a different answer, not because he disagrees with the halacha, but he disagrees with being able to say that's shot in the b'risa, because the b'risa does say, Amrullah makes of him, and we're having to say, they didn't actually tell him his father died, that was the conclusion he drew, which is not as mashma in the words. Now, so Rav Ashi comes along and gives a different terrace. Again, as the Ron points out, he's not arguing with the premise, he's just arguing with the ability to say that that's shot in the b'risa. Now what's Rav Ashi going to say? What Rav Ashi is going to say, a very interesting chiddush. We know that there is a concept, we have it by Eidus, that uh, there is a concept that came and shake it, once you've testified, you cannot recount and change a testimony. However, there is a concept of Tokkadei Dibur. Tokkadei Dibur is, there is a few seconds that you're given, in, in, in American law today, I think if you make a sale in California, you have, what's it called, Adam, that there's a certain period, a grace period, that you can actually come back and change your mind. There's a name for that, like a... Um, is it like yeah, it's called remorse. remorse. Buyer's remorse or something right. that, that allows. Right. So because because uh, people realize sometimes you say and do things that you don't have full convictions, it gives you an ability to change. So halacha, there is a similar concept. There's just much shorter period of time. There's tolkadei dibur, a few seconds. The amount of time would say shalom alecha rebbe or or shalom alecha rebbe. If you change, you recant, and that within period of time, that you're able to go ahead and do. We'll see, there's a couple exceptions where you can't do it. But that's what the Gemara is going to say is like this. What the Gemara is going to say is, what's the shot? When you have Tokadei Dibur, Tokadei Dibur allows that the, uh, a, 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 a retraction of what actually happened. So the Gemara is going to say a very interesting Kiddush over here. What the Gemara is going to say is like this, and this applies both in the case of Kriya and in the case of Hafara, that if a person did Kriya, all right, or in the case of Afora, did Afora, and then an hour later comes back and finds out that the Kriya was done for the wrong individual, that he thought it was individual A, and let's say it's talking about the case of Afora, they told him individual A, and he comes back and he finds out that it's the wrong individual, yeah, you have to do the Kriya again, there you have to do the Afora again, no Shiloh. But what happens if when he did the Kriya, he thought it was, or he did the Afora, he thought it was the father, but within... Two or three seconds, they notified him right away that it wasn't the father, it was the son, or it wasn't the mother, it was the daughter, in the case of the Afara. In such a case, because his knowledge became the clear and, and became the correct knowledge within such a short amount of time associated with the action, 
In the case of the Kriya, it's the Kriya, and here it's the case of the Afara. That turns it into a valid Kriya, into a valid Afara. So therefore, says Rav Ashi, that's the way to reconcile our Mishnah and the Brisa. The Mishnah that's talking about Hafara, the reason why it doesn't work is because the clarity, the knowledge only became aware after the time of Tukhidei Dibra had passed. Whereas in the Brisa, where it says, you did it for the father, it works for the son, and where you did it for the son with father, it's because the clarity became, your awareness was Tukhidei Dibra, as we explained, and that does work, even though at the time of the Kriya, it wasn't with the right knowledge, if the knowledge comes, it's as if the Kriya was done with the correct knowledge. It's as if the Afar was done with the correct knowledge. And that is the way Rav Ash explains it. So again, he's not arguing. That chilek between Stam and Mefarish is a, va- is a valid chilek, the one of the nation. But he says you can't say it's shot in the Raisa by the, the laws of Kriya, because there it says, Amuloi Shemais Aviv. It says they told him the father died. They just told him, and he drew that conclusion. It's hard to read into the word. So there what he's saying is, now the case over there, the reason why it works is because he found out Tolka de Dibur. That's what he's saying. So therefore, Amar Ravashi Amar, Khan Basoka de Dibur, Khan Bibaka de Dibur. The bride is talking about Tolka de Dibur. The Mishnah was talking about Baka de Dibur. Adaka Amar Yotze de Kriya. The case where the Kriya works. That he found out that it was his son and not his father, Dibur. So it's considered the Kriya was done for the son. The case which says that it doesn't work. Actually, what the, the wording is not 100%. Because it's really we're talking about the case of Hafara. But he's making the Chilich by Kriya would make that distinction. We have to apply that. That would be the distinction by Hafara as well. Where it wouldn't work is what it was Achar Kedei Dibur and so too by the case of Afara it was the Achar Kedei Dibur and again the Vahatanya over here is a Siyua is a support for what this, for this Chilak between Tok Kedei Dibur and Achar Dibur let's see someone had a relative in his home that was deathly ill and the person passed out and everyone thought that person had died the Kara and he did Kriya on that person and only subsequently the person actually died for Achav Mace, and I guess they somehow realized when he did die that he had been alive at the time when the Kriya was done. Lo Yatia de Kriya, the Kriya doesn't work because you did Kriya on a live person, you did not do Kriya on a dead person, and Kriya on a live person doesn't work. Now, on that clarifies Amr Abshim and Menbazi, Amr of Yeshua ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kapara, come along the Kadi Amr Royim and they explain. That's only if the death took place after that period of Tolkadei Dibur. Then you can, cannot say that the Kriya is an effective Kriya. But if you did the Kriya, the person was still alive, but he died immediately, which means that the knowledge of the person dying was immediately after the Kriya, it's considered as if the Kriya was done on a dead person. Right, so therefore it would be uh, so. Therefore, the circle dibur, then it would be. I mean, the lashon of it is kedibur dami. It doesn't really that actually wording doesn't uh, doesn't fit so good. The Bach actually changes it. But the point is that would be a considered an, an effective. It's considered an actual kriya. It would be a valid kriya because it's the awareness and the action were so close together. We consider it is that action is connected to the awareness which is subsequent to the person's death. They, and the Gemara brings down that this concept of Tolkadei Dibur, that it's considered, you have the ability to recant or change 
your position, right, is Hilchas Tov Kedai Dibur Kedibur Dami. That is the halacha. As long as within Kedai Dibur is considered the actual Dibur, as if uh, the, the original Dibur did not exist, and this is the new Dibur, if it's recanted within that amount of time, works in all cases in halacha that require an articulation or a clarity subsequent to an action. Chutz mi except if a person is Birchas Hashem, Birchas Hashem. I don't even want to use the the terminology, but use of course person curses Rachman uh, Alitzlan, curses Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and 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 immediately says, I, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. You can't. Once you say it, that's it. You're nailed. You can't change your mind on that. Or Avodas The rounds of the case is that I accept this as my Avodas Zara. I didn't mean that. I, I don't really. Doesn't help. There's no Tosefti Dibur that can help you over there. I will come. Um the Kaddish, you marry an Isha. I read Mekadeshli under the Chuppah. I read Mekadeshli with Tabazu, and then uh, a second later, ah, I changed my mind. No, it doesn't work. You can't be canceled. And that Megaresh, and also you divorce a woman. You handle the thing and you say, I read Mekadeshli. Ah, I changed my mind. You cannot change your mind. And the Ron says, what's the difference between this? And other areas in halacha that we do allow for tochedei dibur, a recanting of position, he says, because these are considered to be so severe. The whole idea of recanting is because we say that a person does not have full conviction or full clarity, and therefore there is a grace period to change. But these are such weighty, such severe things, such as birchas Hashem, avodah marrying, divorcing, that we say that the original utterance is the binding utterance. The original action is the original action is the binding action. It cannot be recanting because there's no need for any more clarification. The recanting would not be that the person wasn't clear, that the person was clear. The only time we allow it is maybe there wasn't full conviction. But in these cases, they're so weighty, the full conviction does not allow for retraction, no matter how close to the actual action or the articulation was. Let's continue on. Zog Deleka Mishnah Amra. Let's say a woman said, Kainem Te'enim Va'anovim Elu Sha'anita Emes. She said that, I make a nether, should be like a carbon, for me tasting uh, these figs and grapes. Right? So there's two, in the, two things involved. It's figs and grapes. But it was one nether. Now, what happened over there? What if the father or the husband, he was Mekayim. He says, I accept the nether concerning the Te'enim. Right? So even if it was only Mekayim, a partial of the nether, when it comes to Hakama, a partial kiyum, a partial kiyum of one of the, one of the items in the nether is considered to be a kiyum of the entire nether, and then that nether can no longer be revoked by that father or by that husband, cannot be revoked because a partial kiyum is considered a full kiyum of the nether. However, let's say it wasn't that it was a kiyum on part, let's say it was a hafara on part. She made the nether by restricting herself from grapes and figs. And he was made for, no, I, I, it's an inner nefesh, I don't want the, 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 the uh, nether on the, on the, on the figs. Ain a mufer, the uh, neder is not considered to be revoked 
unless the hafara is done on the grapes as well. The hafara on the figs will not be hafara on the nether unless she's made for on the unless the husband is made for on the grapes as well. Now the Ron brings down here a machlokas rishonim, which is going to make a difference in the upcoming Gemara. But the machlokas rishonim goes as follows: There are two ways to understand the line that we just read. When it says like this, when it says by hafara that you only made for on one of the variables, on one of the items, so that does not make for the entire nether. But what about concerning the item that he was made for? I Meaning, this is where the machlokas are shown in this. Do we say that what the, what the Mishnah means to say is that there is not even a partial hafara until you do a full hafara, even the part that you were made for is not considered hafara. So he was made for just on the figs, so it says it's not a hafara concerning the grapes, but it's not even a hafara concerning the figs. Or maybe not. Maybe that's not what the Mishnah is saying. Maybe the Mishnah is saying is, just unlike in the case of Kiyo, we did Kiyo on one of the items, it's Kamakayim for both, the hafara on, hafara on one of the items is not a hafara for both, but it will be hafara on the first item. That's a machlokas rishonim because it's not clear what the Mishnah intends to say over here. All it said was it's not a hafara on the netter. It might mean it's not a hafara on the entire netter, but in the part that you were made for, it could be hafara. And that we're going to see is a machlokas rishonim, <coughs> and it has a, uh, a impact on how to learn the Gemara later. Now let's go to the last case in the Mishnah. Amra Let's say she said, I make a nether that a, uh, this fig that I taste, if I, it should eat like a, a, uh, a carbon. So this, this fig is offered to me like a carbon. And in the same statement, she said, Anova She said, She says the Gemara that the fact that even though there's a vav connecting the two statements, but the fact that she said shanita emes twice, she didn't say konem teena shanita emes va'anovam. She just she said konem teena shanita emes va'anovam shanita emes we look at this like two individual independent nidorim, and here the hakama, the afara on the two clauses will be independent of one another. We won't have the same halacha we learned in the first part. The first part we learned that you did kiyum on one, it's kiyum on both. That's because it was all one nether. But yes, since we view this as two separate nidorim, the kiyum on one will not be a kiyum on the other. The afara on one will not be a afara on the other because they are independent statements. Shanita Emma, Shanita Emma makes it two independent statements. Let's go by to Question. The way they're translating it also, I have this question the same. Konam on this figure, Konam on this grape. Mm. So it sounds like only this grape, if they eat it. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, okay. That's also considered a, a, it would be, it appears to be because of eating nephesh. I mean, it's not all grapes and all figs. Correct. That's the way it's written. Okay. This one specifically. Yeah. Now, says the more like this. Mani Matnisian, who is the author of our Mishnah? The author of our Mishnah holds that there's a difference between Kiyum and Hafara concerning the Alocha, whether a partial Kiyum is a Kiyum on the entire Neder, whereas Hafara, a partial Hafara, is not Hafara on the entire Neder. Who makes that distinction? And what it says, it's going to be the Cheetah of Rabbi Shmuel. Where do we see? Because the Torah says like this, the Torah says Isha, Isha means her husband, with a mafike, her husband, Yekimeno, her husband has the capacity to be Mekayim and Adorim, and Isha, Yefereno, and the husband has the uh, capacity 
to revoke the Nadorim. Now, the way the Ron explains it is as follows, is that really the Pasuk has redundancy. Because it could have said, Isha Yekayim. Why not just say Yekemeno? So Yekemeno, Chazal Darshan as follows. Even though the word, the, the, the mem at the end of the word Yekayim is part of the Shorish of the word, but it's as if it's written Yekayim Mimeno. Yekayim Mimeno. Yekemeno, that extra uh, uh, suffix of the Nun Vav allows it to be understood as Yekayim Mimeno. That even a cube of partial, partial part of the cube is considered a cube on the inner. Mimeno of it is considered to be partial. Whereas in the case of Isha Yefereno, you could argue that there, the Vav at the end is that suffix might also, that the Nun Vav might be extra, but it's not, doesn't end with a Mem. So you can't say Mimeno, because it's, it's not Yefereno, it, it doesn't work. Yekayim Mimeno works, but Yafer Mimeno does not work because there is no Mem included in the uh, last part of the word. And therefore, it's only when we say part of it is considered a Kiyum by by, by Hakama, by the Hafara, part of it is not considered to be Hafara on the entire nether. That is the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel, and that then is the sheet of our Mishnah that makes the distinction between Hakama and Hafara in this particular aspect. So Moira says like this, let's see it inside. Our case, she made a, a nether. One nether, and it involved two items. Te'enim v'anovim, elu these te'enim, these anovim, shani te'emes, kiem l'te'enim, kulakayim. Even a partial kiem, only on the te'enim, not the anovim, it's considered to be a comma on both the te'enim and the anovim, this now becomes irrevocable. Whereas in the case of hafara, hafara l'te'enim, Ain a mufar, it's not considered to be mufar. And again, that's the subject of Machlug Dushonim. Does it mean ain a mufar even on the te'enim? Or it's ain a mufar on the anovim, but it is mufar on the te'enim. Achi, you want to make, and when will it be mufar on the entire nether? Is achi yofar avla anovim. Hafara has to be on both components to, impl- to uh, uh, revoke the entire nether. It cannot just be on one. And again, if it is only on one, that's we have the machlokas we just said. Whose opinion was that? That was Debra Rabbi Yishmael, which is the author of our Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva Oimer, Harehu Oimer, Rabbi Akiva says, but the Pazak says, Isha Yekimenu, Isha Yefereno. Pazak says, Yekimenu and Yefereno. So, my Yekimenu, Mimenu, just as Yekimenu, even part of the Kiyum makes it a Kiyum on the entire nether. So, Av Yefereno, so too by Hafora, Mimenu, half part of the Hafora is a Hafora on the entire nether. Now, the Gemara at this point thinks he's darshaning the suffix, the last part of the word, to make the drasha, which Rabbi Shmuel right away jumps on him. Rabbi Shmuel says, You can only make that drasha by Yekimeno, because it ends with a mem. But Yafir doesn't fit in How can you say Yafir Mimeno? On that, Rabbi Akiva says, My drasha is not based on by Hafara because of the way the word is written. My drasha is based on the juxtaposition. It's a hekesh. The fact that Torah juxtaposed Hakama to Hafara. I agree with you the way you read Yekimeno is Yakikayim Mimeno. But once it puts Yekimeno and it puts Yefereno, Hafara next to Hakama, so therefore make a Shafara la Hakama. 
Maha Kama Mimeno, just a Kama Mimeno, part of it makes it a Kiyom on the entire thing. Avafara is Mimeno. So that disagrees with our Mishnah, that's Rabbi Akiva Shita, that also a partial Hafara will be an entire Hafara of the entire Nedr. Now again, not to be con- uh, confused with what we learned earlier in the Masechta, we said Nedr Shabbat Lanik Lakula, that was talking about Hatara by a basin or a Chacham, their partial negation is a complete negation. Here we're talking about Hafara, which is therefore subject to dispute. Let's go on. The Brisa that we just brought down in our Mishnah is either Rabbi Shmuel or Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. But the Chachamim actually disagree with both of the opinions. We compare the other way around. We compare Hafara to Hakama. What does it mean? They say like this, Mahafara. Is hafer maha hafer masha hafer hafer just as by this is the gears that we have in our Gemara and you're going to see in a moment this is tied to machlokas rishonim we said before just as by hafara that let's say it's a case of uh, she made one neder on 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 on, a, on a figs and on grapes so just as by hafara if you made for only on the figs it does an impact on the grapes masha hafer hafer. Ah, hakama, masha kiyam kiyam. You makayim only part of it, only on the grapes. It's only kiyam on the grapes. You can still be made for on the figs. It does not affect it unless you do the kiyam on both. It just the hafara only works on one. So do the hakama works on one. So the hakamim go the other way around. We compare hafara to hakama. That is the sheet of the hakamim. Now the Ran points out the fact that the hakamim taking it as a double portion that when you do hafara on one, it does work for that. It doesn't work for the other. That only works. That reading only fits one of the explanations that we gave in the Rishonim. Our question was a partial hafara doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? So they learn it doesn't work on the entire narrative, but it does work on what you did. That's the reading of our Gemara. But he brings down from the Tosefta. The Tosefta has a different reading which would work according to the other Rishonim. And what does the Tosefta learn? The Tosefta learns Mahafara, just as when you do Hafara on part of it, it doesn't work at all. So too when you do a common part of it, it doesn't work at all. Which fits those Rishonim that say that a partial Hafara is not even Hafara on the partial part that you did the Hafara. It has to be a complete Hafara to work on any of the elements included in the Nedras. There's two ways to Two gear saws over here. Each one will fit one of the understanding's explanations. Let's finish up. Amra kainam te'ena. So we said in our Mishnah, the end of our Mishnah, she said kainam te'ena shani tayem. Kainam anava shani tayem is that the fact that she broke it up with two activities, shani toem, shani toem, makes it two independent nadorim. And therefore, each one is dealt with exclusive of the other. That's what we said now, Mishnah. So says the Gemara, I'm a robber that Matnisin Rab Shimon that our Mishnah actually is also going to be subject to some to a dispute because it only seems to be going like the opinion of Rab Shimon. Now, what the case that Rob is referring to is a uh, <coughs> we had earlier in the Masechta as well, but it's it's talking about a Shvuas Apikodon in Masechta Shvuas. There is a shvu in the Torah that if somebody comes to you and say, I want back my object that I left by you. Could be a loan, it really could be any any monetary claim. So if you're called for a call, you deny the entire amount, so you don't have to take an oath. The only time in a Torah you have to take an oath is if you're motive of But if you deny the entire what I'm talking about, you never gave or I gave it all back. 
So if the claimant says, well, are you willing to take an oath? And he says, shvua, I makes a shvua that I don't owe you anything. So in such a case, if he now re, uh, wants to do tshuva and he recognizes the fact that he swore falsely, there is a whole, so he has to give a, he has to pay back the item plus a fifth and he also has to bring a korban. He has to bring a korban as an atonement. Now the case that we're dealing with over here is what happens if five people are claiming, five people come to him and say, I, uh, we gave you a hundred dollars. Each one says, I gave you a hundred dollars. I gave you a hundred dollars. And he says, Shvua, I make a Shvua, Lolacha, 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 Lolacha. He says, Lolacha five times. They mentioned the Shvua only once. Shvua, Lolacha, Lolacha, Lolacha. So here we have a Machlokas. Rab Shimon says that you only have one carbon. Because since you only mentioned the activity of the Shvua once, so even though you said lo lecha, it does not, each one is not viewed as an independent shvur, and you only chayv for violating one shvur. Whereas the chachamim hold that that's not the case. Chachamim say that even though you said shvur once, but each one's view, viewed as if you said shvur lo lecha, shvur lo lecha, and each one's viewed as an independent shvur, and you chayv to bring five korbanas if you admit that you lie to each one of the five. Now, Rav Shimon does say, that if you would have said the word shvua five times, shvua lo lecha, shvua lo lecha, shvua lo lecha, then you would have to bring five korbanas. So you see that in order to make it an independent statement, you have to mention the activity each time separately. That's our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah, what makes it into two separate Nadorim, is because you said, shani to enes, shani to emes. That I, if I teina shani to emes, anava shani to emes. Tomorrow, if you only just said teina shani to emes, then it would have been one nether, you would not view it as two. So, what, 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 what are saying, Rob is saying now, according to Chachamim, we would view that, that Shvush, uh, 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 they might see this too. Because it might be, it's viewed as two separate, but according to Rab Shimon, unless you mention the activity a separate time, it's only considered one nether, same as he says by the case of Shvur, that if you didn't mention the Shvur five times, you're only chai for one Shvur. So it's tying Rab Shimon's Shita to the Shita of our Mishnah. Let's see, Amar in Rabbi Shimon, he, the Amar, you're only five as for five shuas if you mention the word shuah five times. You only mentioned once, it's viewed as one shuah, not five. Similarly, over here, it's only mentioned, it's only man, it's considered two nadar because you said Shani Tamas twice. Mashri, you only said it once, would only be one nadar. Gentlemen, have a wonderful shabbat.